to C3 Church Hepburn Heights. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoy this message today. Great to see you all. Thank you for coming out this Sunday. Man, that was awesome praise and worship. Well done. Incredible team. Thank you so much. I feel empowered. I feel strengthened. Thank you for leading us so strongly and beautifully. So as a first-year uni student in the big city, I met some pretty interesting people in my first year as a Murdoch University student as a 17-and-a-half-year-old, and many of them impacted me in quite extraordinary ways. Now, one such woman to this day has remained imprinted kind of on my memory, and her name was Sasha. Now, Sasha was always barefoot, and Sasha was oh so boho before boho was a thing. We're talking here 1995, right? I've just revealed my age. And so while standing in line to talk to one of our beloved lecturers, Sasha and I were together in the line. And this lecturer was incredible. She was as charismatic as she was intellectual. And I remember that she could literally sort of hold the attention of this 300-strong university lecture literally in the palm of her hand because these were days we all actually used to go to the lectures because, you know, it wasn't all online. And our university lecture was incredible. But Sasha and I are standing in the line to talk to her for very different reasons and Sasha gets up there and starts having a, a conversation with the lecturer and I overhear what Sasha says. I mean, I, yes, I overhear what Sasha says and Sasha tells our lecturer that she's no longer going to be coming to university. She's no longer going to be, be part of this university course and that she was being apologetic and she was explaining her situation. And then Sasha tells our lecturer that from that moment onwards, she is heading down south to live amongst the trees. And the trees don't have much life left in them. And she is all about the trees. In fact, she feels she has a deep calling, a deep, important task on this earth to love the trees and to help the trees and to live for the trees. And as a 17 and a half year old standing behind her overhearing this conversation, I'm thinking, wow, that's pretty radical. That's pretty radical, so much so that I sort of still remember that instance today. Now, obviously, Sasha's love and passion for the trees was rather over the top. It was rather radical. But what is actually quite interesting, and this is where I'm going today, is that trees are actually regularly woven into the biblical narrative, they actually play quite a symbolic role in our Bible. Trees regularly mark key biblical spots. There's a tree on the first page of Genesis. There's a tree in the first Psalm. The first page of the New Testament, the last page of Revelation, all feature trees. Whether it's the fall, the flood, or the overthrow of Pharaoh, the crucifixion of Jesus... Most major events in the Bible have a tree marking the spot. Interesting, right? So let's read about one such tree in Psalm 1. We're going to read a portion of that passage. Thank you, babe. <laughs> Blessed is the one 
who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers. Let's read it in the Passion just to really bring it home. What delight comes to the one who follows God's ways. He won't walk in step with the wicked nor share the sinner's way, nor be found sitting in the scorner's seat. His pleasure, her pleasure and passion is remaining true to the word of I am. Meditating day and night in the true revelation of light, he or she will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss, bearing fruit in every season of his life. He is never dry, never fainting, ever blessed, ever prosperous, even wearing a mask. This Psalm 1 is an example of a wisdom psalm. And so wisdom psalms, what they were doing, they were recording observations about life and basically giving exhortations about how to live. So typically psalms, and particularly wisdom psalms, are very practical in nature. And so the original audience of this psalm here was the ancient Israelites. And this kind of horticultural plant tree imagery was super relatable to them. And so this psalm here, friends, is basically outlining, do you want to live a life of blessing? Yes. Well, here's not only how not to live, but here is how to live. And what we see here is a progression. We see a progression from walking to standing to sitting, highlighting the further we progress to blessing is a further away from the disposition of the wicked, the sinful and the scornful. And so it's basically saying, you want blessing? You want flourishing? Well, the psalmist is saying, be that person who chooses to be planted. Here is the practicality of how to live. You want blessing? You want flourishing? Be planted. Be that person. So choose choose he or she that chooses life, that chooses flourishing, that chooses planting over the alternative. Be that kind of tree. And I think Sasha would have actually quite liked those kind of trees. Now coming up behind me is this imagery, this imagery which is our landing imagery of this series. And I want you just to look at it, take it in for a minute. Because as I was putting this preach together, this is the sort of imagery that I see. Now, that's not necessarily exactly how the psalmist would have been seeing it, but this is the sort of imagery I see as I read that passage. I want you to take it in. Take in the imagery of the trees. Look at their height, their greenery, their stature, their health, their multiplicity. These are the sorts of trees I imagine when reading this psalm. Flourishing trees. And then the rain came. Oh, that's delicious. But let's not overlook what is central and foundational to that same image. 
Look at the stream. Look at its movement, its grandeur, its energy, its life. Friends, these are the sorts of trees we are called to be. These are the sorts of people, of course, we are called to be. This is us. This is the imagery that I want you to take a hold of and chew upon as you sit in this passage. These are the sorts of trees that are prevailing and remaining and abiding in He, the water source, the author and master of all that does not run dry. We are connected to him and we are connected to each other. These are kingdom trees. I want you to see these trees as defiantly flourishing because I want you to see yourself as defiantly flourishing. Defiant, flourishing, weird word combination perhaps. But you see, to be defiant is to be boldly resistant. It's to be boldly resistant. And yes, that is us, actually. That is the way of Jesus. That is the Christian way. We are living radically, friends. Signing up for the journey of discipleship is a radical choice. It is a radical way of life. The way of Jesus is a way of a few. The way of Jesus, you see, stares self and ease and comfort and success square in the face and says the answer is not found in me, but it's found in him. That's what makes us defiant. That's what makes us boldly resistant. There is a roar on our inside, even when we're wearing a mask on our face. There is a grit in our fist. There is a conqueror mandate labelled on our heart. It is a knowing that we are in this world, yet not of this world. It is a victory that leaps and breathes and has very life and power today. That is what makes us defiant. But it's not just defiant for defiant's sake, right? We're not just rebels without a cause, even though we all look like we're part of a gang today. That's what I see when I see us all. I feel like we're all part of a gang, a good gang. I feel like we should have smiley faces and unicorns on our masks. So, like, we're part of the good gang. We are to be defiant in our flourishing Danny Treewick, who is a pastor and theologian, says, Flourishing, biblical flourishing, doesn't mean to have everything that would make us comfortable. Catch this. Biblical flourishing, I'm saying it again, doesn't mean to have everything that would make us comfortable because that would be what the wicked so often have. Flourishing isn't even in the worldly domain. Because our world understands flourishing to be in right relationship with ourselves. Did you catch that? The world understands flourishing in their definition to be in right relationship with ourselves. But biblical flourishing is all about being in right relationship with God. That's what defiant flourishing is. So you are called, friends, to be robust strong, radical in your connection to the water source, radical in your right relationship with God. And so I want these trees, the imagery of these trees, the symbolism of these trees in this psalm to captivate you just as it has me. You see, my mind has wanted to race ahead 
and think of this time and this season and, and 2020 and even 2021 and, I've, and it's wanted to tell me, no, there's a barren landscape, Em. It's shadowed. There's tumbleweeds of lifelessness everywhere. There, there is no hope. That is where my, my mind and my feelings have so often wanted to go. But the symbolic imagery of Psalm 1 has kept stopping me in my tracks. No, there is no tumbleweeds. There is only defiant, flourishing kingdom trees connected to a water source. So you, my friends, as we're in this February, acknowledging absolutely what the week has been, absolutely what the year prior has been, but I want you to choose Choose to be that person. Choose to be he and she that is called to be firmly planted, to defiantly flourish. Maybe these trees are to mark a biblical spot right now for you in your discipleship journey. So let's look at a couple of attributes of these defiantly flourishing trees that Holy Spirit has impressed upon me. So firstly... The defiantly flourishing tree is planted, not stuck. And you see, the week leading up to last Sunday, as I had sat in this passage already for a little while, as I kept reading Psalm 1, I felt Holy Spirit kept saying to me as I read it, planted, not stuck, planted, not stuck, planted, not stuck. And I I found myself conversing with the Holy Spirit, going... That's not exactly super relevant right now, Holy Spirit. Stuck. Stuck. Yeah, I I guess that some people may feel a little bit of that. There may be a residue of that from last year. But but man, we just had an awesome Sunday and we've come back from holidays, Jason and I, and we're roaring and the team's awesome and there's faith in the house. and, and, And I don't think stuck really describes maybe the atmosphere of where we are right now. And then Sunday's lockdown announcement came. And I went, oh, good thing Holy Spirit's onto things a little bit more than I am. And so stuck may have actually aptly described your week. It may be describing how you feel right now. You may have felt like you turned the page on 2020 and 2021 was here in all its wonderful new glory. And yet this week you're revisiting old thinking patterns and old places. And there, there may be this lingering stuckness from 2020 now on you like a sticky residue. And so planted, not stuck, actually feel, feels to be quite a fitting description to speak out of this week. Because a tree, right, if it could think, work with me on the analogy, a tree could think of itself as stuck. A tree could think of itself as contained and limited. A tree could get all lamenting and frustrated and go, I just want to be a bird. I just want to fly. I don't, I don't want to have a root system connecting me to the ground. I don't want to be here. A tree could get fixated on being stuck and just want to get out. But you see, the same tree in the same scenario rather than obsessing about getting out, could turn its obsession to the source. 
the source that sustains it, the source that enables it to stay planted, the source that keeps it alive and flourishing and growing, the same tree, friends, the tree who sees itself as stuck will crave the out. The tree who views itself as planted will crave the source and yet neither can move. So are you, are we stuck or planted? It's a shift in perspective. The context doesn't change. And I have had to continually wrench my own thinking, even this very week. No, Em, you're not stuck. You're planted. You're planted. Don't obsess about getting out. Don't obsess about getting back to some level of normality. Don't obsess about what you can't do or what we seem to be limited to do. Turn your obsession to the source, the source that will sustain you regardless of the season. And so how? How do we do that? Well, this passage, remembering it's a practical application. It's a wisdom psalm. It tells us how, friends. Verse 2, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person, which person? That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. That person who delights and meditates. That is how we shift a perspective, shift a posture, shift an idea that we are not stuck, but we are planted. Brian Tebb, Associate Biblical Professor, unpacks delight like this, and I think it's beautiful. Delight is a response of the heart to the beauty and value of something, or someone, in this case, God's word. He then goes on to say, Meditation involves careful, sustained thought. Meditation, catch this, takes work and our will. Meditation done well, he goes on, should serve, strengthen and sustain delight. Some of you need to write that down. Meditation done well should serve strengthen and sustain delight. Meditation allows the word to penetrate our minds and hearts and wills more deeply. Meditation sends our roots down deep, taking in more and more the life-giving water of the word. You see, the person who is found not just walking around the word, not just sitting beside the word, not just in the presence of the word, see what I'm doing, but the person who sits thoughtfully, slowly, carefully, chewing, thrilling with sustained delight in the word. Those people, that person, are those who are planted, not stuck trees. So how are some of these things that we can do to flourish, to be planted, to delight and to meditate, not just to sit in around the word, not to stand next to it? Encourage you to consider some new systems, consider some new disciplines as this year has begun. I love what YouVersion Bible app is doing at the start of the day. For those of you that are on there frequently, if you open at the start of every day, they've got this new 
everyday good morning concept that comes up and there's a number of tiles there where it gives you a devotional passage, it'll give you a visual devotion from someone around the world, pastors and leaders, gives you a prayer point, it connects to a devotion that they've got there. It's just a super easy, incredibly accessible tool on the version Bible app. Why don't we start our day there? Start our day sitting in the Word. Maybe for you, you need to order a new Bible online or a new version of a new Bible. Maybe you need to buy a new accompanying journal, something that's going to bring a level of delight and thrill, something that that makes feeling reading the, the Word of God new, that there's a fresh take for you. Or what about this? What about every day this month? Why not, you, why not read Psalm 1? Incredibly short passage of scripture, but we're only covering a portion of it there today. There is so much that you can sit in and chew on. Have a pencil or a highlighter if you're using a paper copy and circle words and chew on them and look them up as you're reading them. Try different versions of that. Google some accompanying devotions and commentaries as you sit in there. Sit in the Word of God. Delight in the Word of God. Meditate in the Word of God. Because I'd ask you, Do you want to flourish in 2021? Do you want to be that person? So what is your next step? What is your next step as you leave here today, as you get up tomorrow morning? What is your next step? Because the stakes are high, friends. Stakes are high not only for us personally, but for the trees around us, right? Kingdom trees are part of a community. Kingdom trees not only produce fruit for themselves, but pr- produce it for the benefit of others. They provide shade and substance for the community that surrounds them. Defiantly flourishing trees obsessively crave the source to obsessively bear fruit. But this isn't a solo or selfish pursuit because kingdom flourishing is done in community. Secondly, Okay, we're doing all right. A defiantly flourishing tree, second, and this is my last point, pursues depth, not width. In a time like we are in history, you see, we can begin to get a bit itchy. This sense of stuckness that we're in, this sense of lockdown, these sense of restrictions that we are living in, we can become preoccupied with width. I just need more space. I just need more choice. I just need more freedom. I just need more width. I just, I just need more this way. And we can begin to crave space and escape. We can begin to live with kind of a concept of get me out of here. And yet the planted tree pursues the contrary. If we look at that there in the passion, back to those verses, verse 2. He or she will be standing firm like a flourishing tree planted by God's design, deeply rooted by the brooks of bliss. See, depth trumps width. When it comes to a defiantly flourishing tree, depth trumps width. You see, because good root systems make all the difference. You only need to look at a potted plant. And those potted plants can be temperamental little creatures Just ask my fiddle leaf lyric, who is indeed fiddly by name and by nature. And you see, he was doing quite well last year. Lulled me into a false sense of security, in fact. His leaves were luscious. He seemed happy in his pot. 
and all of the above. And then in December, it all went a bit AWOL. And he actually got root rot and his leaves turned brown. And you see this apparently, Google tells me, is caused by overwatering and poor drainage. So I pulled back on the watering, spoke tenderly to him in whispers. And yet he still kept dropping his leaves. He, he was still clearly out of sorts. And so fast forward a few weeks and he now has new soil and a new pot and I carefully and tenderly sorted out his entire root system and did a myriad of other things that Google told me to do and put him back in his pot, back in this new pot, and he still can't pull it together. <laughs> and I'm helping his outside, right? I'm doing my best. Work with me, Lyric. Work with me. I'm doing my best at watering and not too much, and now he's having a seaweed treatment regularly. Honestly, this guy has more beauty treatments than I do. And I'm doing all the right things by his leaves and his fertilising and his pot placement, but his roots aren't happy, and he can't pull it together. And you see, the roots that have the best chance of flourishing are those that are deep and life-abounding. Those that are not constricted, contained and rotted like lyrics. You only need to ask our backyard nameless ficus. This guy was never meant for a pot. He is the opposite of lyric and he doesn't have a name, poor guy, but he is as low maintenance as you can get, right? And yet the level of fruitfulness of this ficus that is planted in our garden, his flourishing is taking over the entire backyard, His root systems are without bounds. He is living his best tree life. And sure, he can't move around like his potted counterpart lyric. He can't go, oh, no, I don't want to be near the northeast-facing sun today. I would like to be near the north-south. He can't do that. But his root system is without bounds and oh so deep because it is firmly and richly connected to the water source. So being deeply rooted and grounded and planted as a tree takes time. It takes time. It takes choice. It takes unseen and unsung disciplines. Those who are defiantly flourishing see this time that we are in history This week that we are in 2021, not as an opportunity to try and get out, but to go further down. This is an act of being wholly defiant. Nothing in our natural or literal environment right now should indicate that we're flourishing, friends. Nothing should say, yes, now is a good time to be hope-filled and faith-filled and peace-filled. But those who defiantly flourish, choose to remain connected, keep going down deep under the surface, knowing that that is who God has called each and every one of us to be. And I sensed this Wednesday as I was walking through the smoky haze as I was going about my hour walk, wearing my mask, making socially distanced eye contact with strangers as we pass by thinking as if I was in some sort of apocalyptic alternate universe. And my mind was racing with logistics of this week and all the things. And my heart was leaping with compassion for those that are suffering and alone and displaced and everything in between. And yet my spirit, 
my spirit was anchored. As I listened to worship on repeat in my ears as I walk, walked, and as I meditated on this scripture under my breath as I walked, Holy Spirit filled every crevice. My roots kept going down deep despite the chaos and complexity and uncertainty that surrounded. So go deep, friends. Go deep, friends. Read a new Bible plan. That's one root system. Go deep. Sign up to C3 College. You still can. You know I needed to do that. That's another root system. Go deep. Revisit our podcasts and messages on YouTube. That's another root system. Go deep, sitting slowly, delightfully in one passage of Scripture every day this month. That's another route. Escapism isn't the key. Width isn't the key. Engagement is. Depth is. These are those who defiantly flourish. This is us. I can see it. This is how I see you. This is how I see our church community. And this is how I know God sees us. Let's finish with the amplified version of a couple of those verses. But his delight, our delight, is in the law of the law and on his law, his precepts and teaching. He habitually meditates day and night. He will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. Its leaf does not wither and whatever he chooses, he prospers and comes to maturity. Defiantly flourishing trees are planted, not stuck. They seek depth, not width. You are that person. He has called you to be that person. Holy Spirit, strengthen and enable every person here to be that person, planted in him, flourishing, defiant, connected to each other, all for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on our podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more about our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, go to c3hh.com.au.